thanks to the sponsor of today's episode. Get reminded, this app is absolutely changing the game when it comes to updating you on all upcoming expenses. We have an extremely exciting giveaway happening over on the Instagram right now at the One Up Project where we are giving away $1,000 cash to help one of you pay off your expenses. I genuinely cannot believe it. Head over there right now to find out how to win. I am so happy that an app like this has been created to help keep us in check with these unexpected payments and I am even more grateful that an app I was already using agreed to partner with me for an episode. Thanks again team, let's get on with it. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast, back again with Rosie Nathan. Um, Just to give Rosie a little brief... um, introduction before we head into it and if you haven't listened to the first episode with Rosie around networking make sure you go and do that um, but Rosie is a partner and senior sourcing specialist at Customized Talent Group as well as the chief commercial officer at Her Career a great platform I'm going to say it again to go and check out if you haven't already and a podcaster herself for Rosie on recruitment and career so hopefully that gives you an idea of what we're about to get into um, and this episode will be more so around negotiating salary and interview techniques which is something we all wish we were taught but never were so hello Rosie thank you for coming back on again how are you hi Sarah great thank you pleasure to be here okay glad um so I think the first thing we'll jump into around CVs interviews jobs is does a CV play a big role in getting your foot in the door in the first place yeah so the the number one answer is yes (laughs) (laughs) it's everything um you know I'll caveat it with this is one of the main reasons that I started my career and recruitment podcast so many graduates that I know and mentees have talked about the missteps that they're making and it is a gateway it's the blurb at the back of a novel for you that opens the door to a recruiter or a prospective employer so they're looking at this saying is this person relevant and interesting? Are they leaving me wanting more? Um, And the one other thing I will say about a CV is that presentation isn't everything, but it is something. It absolutely is something. So with my CV formatting, one of my clients I've recently worked with, he had no interviews, no callbacks in three months. And we went through, did all his formatting, no content changing. We just did a basic update. Um, And he had three interviews in the space of two weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's just that, but it does show you need a level of effort and care and personality. So yeah, get that CV updated people. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so important. Kind of a a random sub question to that would be, I think I, people talk a lot around CV. Is it best to have it more professional sort of, um, basic looking or can you add your own personal flair or is this something we should be tailoring to the job? Yeah, it's dependent on what you do as well. So if you are in marketing, that's going to be a very different CV from somebody who is a data scientist or a salesperson. Um, Again, dependent on industry, if you're in something like pharmaceuticals or manufacturing or um, advertising, all very different CVs. And I think that um, 
it's just important to get people to have an eyes over. And again, if you can build a trusted network of, of people that are in your industry, I know I've looked over a number of CVs for friends when I was earlier in my career, a number of senior people looked over mine and gave tips. Um, it's, it's something that we don't spend enough time and effort and energy on. It is a business case for you, for your next career step. Mm. And when you digest how important that is, um, it, you need to spend time and energy on it. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I've just got a few questions personally for myself. So in terms of, <laughs> is a cover letter important as well and something we should be tailoring? Yeah, I, I absolutely think it is. And because there are people that won't read it, that's fine. Mm. But the people that do, the recruiters that do, the um, man, hiring managers, if they get through if your CV gets through and gets presented to a hiring manager, that cover letter could be the difference between you and someone with very like skills. So you need to break it down, make it simplistic, should never be longer than a page. It should always have two to three things about why you think you would add unique value to the role, what you would do for the organization um, and just alignment, like value alignment and your personality should shine. Mm, cool that's really good to know and so once we do get our our foot in the door with our amazing cv that we've created uh what should we know and do before we get into that interview yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna break this down for two different types of interviewees first so if you've been looking for a while um remember it's the first time that this interviewer is hearing your story you can get worn down and maybe not deliver with the same energy. So just make sure you're calm and don't be too overly eager because um, it can come across as a bit desperate, which is not obviously what you want to leave people with. If you're looking for your first or next career step, you can talk to the skills that you do have and how they're relevant um, and how you've grown in whatever you've done with that experience but then also, you know, the sense of what would work in the favor for the business if you're not completely aligned. So just keep those two things in mind. Um, my main interview tips, though, the basics that everyone needs to do, dress appropriately and groom well. If it's an office role or a manufacturing role, they might be different, but make sure you dress to the smarter end of that scale while being appropriate for the role that you're applying for. Um, be five to 10 minutes early no earlier and no later. <laughs> That's a really nice window and shows that you are respectful of their time. And do your homework. So research who you are meeting with, the organization, if you can, the teams that you know that you might be working with and any connections you have. So knowing the values and objectives of the company and being able to ask questions directly of that. And then practice your story. There are so many times that I have met with candidates and they're very nervous. And so they want to give you all of the detail about what they've done. Try and think of one achievement. You can usually use that in two or three different ways. So if you come up with two or three different stories of achievements or challenge, because you also want to show how you've grown, um, those are great practice stories that you can then walk into an interview really confidently and deliver. Mm, yeah, cool. That's awesome. And I think a common question that people always or seem to talk about, and it's all people always have different answers. What are employers actually looking for these days? Yeah, I think this is great in terms of 
getting so many different perspectives from my hiring manager guests as well on my podcast, but the overriding theme is energy and a unique perspective. So people can be taught skills, uh, but you can't always teach someone to have a positive attitude in a working group and be collaborative. So, you know, you'll have a minimum skill level um, and they can help fill that, but you've got to be really relevant and curious about what the industry is and where that role could go and how you would fit. So that's, yeah, work on the energy and the positivity and the engagement. Yeah. Okay. That is really um, good to know because I think you're right. And I think a lot of people will sort of go and focusing just purely on those hard skills and Mm. then I'm not sure, you know, why with being on paper, the best possible candidate, why the they didn't quite match up with what the um, company was wanting. So I think that's really helpful to know. Yeah, there's there's so many other factors too. I mean, the number of times I hear candidates say, this this job advert was written about me. And I felt that way myself as well as a candidate. But you don't know who else is in the process and you don't know what actually is happening behind the scenes. There are so many reasons um, why you might not be included through an interview process. Um And, you know, if it's something you're dying for, you can be persistent. I know that um, in terms of her career, we've talked a lot about women that have been successful reapplying back to the organization that they really want to work at. Um, And if if it's not that emotional connection or that growth connection that you're hoping for, learn from it if you can, move on, apply for the next. Mm, Okay, awesome. And is it important to know your weaknesses as well as your strengths? Yeah, it it definitely is. But even more important is how you share that you're aware of those weaknesses um, and the developments you have made or the training and growth that you're planning to make. So if you share a recent challenge, you know, how were you made aware of this and what are you doing to improve it? No one is perfect and everyone is very suspicious if someone walks in and says, no, I have no weaknesses at all. I am your perfect employee. So you can show some vulnerability here, definitely. Um, You can even ask, turn it around and ask how the organization supports individuals and team development around, you know, those weaknesses and what the gaps are in, in their team and see if you can benefit that with your strengths. Yeah, right. So if we are to, to talk about our weaknesses and explain that, it is quite hard to navigate, I suppose, how to do that without saying I've got really bad time management and that's sort of being <laughs> the weakness. I guess like, would you have any tips around how to, um, how to, I guess, phrase it in a way that yeah. is saying you're aware of it, but without just stating something that you totally you really being able to change. <laughs> I think as humans, we tend to think of an all or nothing scenario. So mm. no one person is horrendous at, time management and and all that it is. You can say, I've been aware on a couple of occasions or this one project or, you know, very specifically talk to an item. There was an occasion where this happened and I understood that that's a weakness and it is actually something I'm still working to develop and these are the steps that I'm planning to rectify it. Um, So I have an awareness there. 
So you're not saying everything about time management is terrible with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, minimizing it to something very specific instead of making it generalized with weaknesses is positive. And then when you're looking to highlight a strength, you do want to generalize that as much as possible. So it's about increasing the positive, amplifying that, and making sure that the weaknesses or challenges are specific to projects, items, and pieces. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And as um, a lot of the listeners here will be sort of coming into careers and jobs where they, it's a bit more maybe corporate, a bit more um, structured in the sense that they might have leverage over pay and salary, and they might even be asked in an interview, you know, what are your sort of salary expectations and and the employers wanting to know what their thoughts are around that. How do we navigate that conversation and, and go in confident with a fair amount? And like, how do we navigate that whole thing? Because I think it's it's quite a hard um, discussion to have and maybe something that a lot of people haven't had before and feel quite uncomfortable talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had the one answer for this because if I did, <laughs> then it would stop the 75 million answers on <laughs> on Google, right? Everyone yeah. has an opinion or perspective. But I think um, as you preface this with, it does depend on your confidence level, your experience, and the reason that you are having that discussion. So from a recruiter's perspective, um, it really curbs our ability to advocate for a role if a candidate won't provide expectation details. Like we just okay. We need a range. We need to know what a candidate's expectations are so that you will be met in a range that our candidate, that our client can budget for the role. Because no one wants to waste your time by going, mm. you know, into deeper detail, having a half hour conversation, a phone screaming, an hour interview, sending you off, and you're at two ends of a spectrum. Um, and, you know, organizations do have budgets. Yes, there is some wiggle room, but if you're wanting 170 and the role's paying 110, it's very unlikely we're going to be able to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, so there can be movement, as I said, but some roles will have the question in the application process. And I also know a number of candidates that have been disappointed to not even get an interview because they've priced themselves out of that range. So I think what's important you know, coming from both sides of, of this coin myself, yeah. think about the role, think about the organization you're applying to and what costs and base expectations you have and what really is the amount you'd work there for, taking all of that into consideration. Because you want to be able to have that conversation. If you've priced yourself out of the market and you're not getting an interview um, and there was some room to wiggle, then that opportunity is lost. So. You need to understand what your boundaries are dependent on the organization you're you're hoping to work for. Okay, cool. So in fi trying to find our worth and then be confident in expressing that, we kind of need to be looking at all factors of the situation and then I guess having a bit of self-awareness going into it as to what is realistic to expect. Yeah, there's some market, great market tools online to see what your relevant salary is for an industry experience type. So, And they're New Zealand relevant too. So there are some great sites online. And you can be anywhere in that curve. Um, and if you're at the upper end of that curve, it will be difficult to stay in a similar role in a similar industry and, and find that those roles are going to be smaller in offering. So mm. it is about everything that you're taking into consideration and, and what it's worth. But it doesn't yeah, just have to be about the dollars either, take into consideration everything else. 
Yeah, for sure. And so if we are in an interview and the employer isn't willing to pay our ideal salary, do we then negotiate or just look elsewhere? Yeah, always negotiate. (laughs) Always negotiate first. Um, And I think, you know, we're talking about an interview here, but this is equally as important if you're in a role. I certainly didn't negotiate enough early on in my career, I didn't have the expertise to do that. I wasn't well equipped enough. And I know keeping in touch with a number of my previous managers that they would have preferred to keep me and have that conversation. Um, Mm. So you need to weigh up what's important to you. And kind of, as I said earlier, not everything's about dollars. There's other incentives, leave, education support, health and wellbeing, stock options, flexible working. There's so much in this day and age that companies can flex a wee bit more on. Um, so negotiate first and, and try and ascertain what what's going to be reasonable for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And and when it comes to, I guess, already being inside um, a business and a job, we can feel apprehensive to approach our employers mm. um, and have that conversation. So how would you say we could approach the conversation with an employer about pay increase and is there a right time to bring that up yeah definitely a right time but you need to do the groundwork beforehand so you've got to create an opportunity for this conversation and you need to agree your OKRs you know what's the objectives how will you be measured what does success look like so they're tangible so that you can help your manager create a business case for you if they Mm -hmm. need to within the business um Keep a record of your own initiatives as well outside of those OKRs. What have you done that was unique? How have you contributed to not just projects, but organizational culture and morale? And um, any of those items add to the positivity of, of a work environment. And if you can positively influence that, that's worth something as well. If possible, I, I'm huge on gaining testimonials, if you can, from your clients or from colleagues um, or around a specific project. It doesn't have to be long, just needs to be authentic. <laughs> you know, you made a difference in a project. Um, if you can get numbers, though, they always help, of course. If you saved XYZ in cost, if you increased XYZ in percentage of sales, um, all of that then creates the right time for the conversation. And you can create that business case I talked about earlier around the achievements um, and answer that question about why you deserve consideration for a pay increase. Mm, So I guess first steps there would be to sort of collate our own set of data in a way that has those um, numbers or potentially just, I guess, our own personal case studies about how we've contributed to a workplace. And then from there, once doing that, we'll create the right time. You need to make sure that the business buys into that first. So it's important that you have an agreed structure of of what that looks like for the business. There's no point gathering all of these initiatives and you think they're important and then the business doesn't value them as much. So make sure you write those into uh, what you will be measured against in in an annual review, say. Mm, Okay, cool. And do you think that um, negotiating a salary increase is something that should only be brought up at like that review stage or we should feel that we can do that at any time throughout the year? No, I think you should preface it for at least a month before the conversation, ideally yeah, okay. kind of three months. So you, you could get an opportunity every quarter to discuss that and then you can 
or you can hit milestones maybe even across that quarter for your annual review. It's really up to you. How ambitious are you? How confident are you in the fact that you will hit those targets? Um, do you think the targets are fair? Can you discuss, um, you know, the the tracking of them if, the, if you don't feel that they are? All of those points. Mm, okay, awesome. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was sort of the stigma that comes around wanting more money in air quotes and, you know, being I guess seen as money hungry and wanting a bigger salary for ourselves like is that okay for us to want a pay increase and how do we remove that stigma and fear around it yeah I I personally think it depends on the conversations you've had about money and around money and whether it's good or bad and what it means to you a lot Mm. of that coming from how you were brought up um early on in my life, we did not have a lot of money. And so it seemed to be something that would solve all of our problems. And I think it is more about freedom and choice. So understanding that and and kind of understanding what that can mean for yourself and your family, I don't see how that could be wrong for any person. But if you're surrounded by people that are uncomfortable having money conversations, um, it's better to find somewhere where you can have those money conversations openly because then you won't feel bad or um, have this fear of wanting to have more money. Because if you are delivering at a very high level, then you should be remunerated for that in in a great way. Um, I think also finding your driver so that you can answer that. In my early career, you know, I moved roles chasing larger salaries because I was supporting a family with three dependents. I had three stepchildren and that was my driver. There was no fear or stigma around that. It was an honor to be a role model as a young woman that could improve my salary and improve the life of my family and then be an inspiration for some of my other girlfriends as well, because I was really ambitious around it. So I think it comes back to finding a group of people you can have those conversations with. And that's why that is a priority mission for us at Her Career. Because if mm-hmm. we can talk more about it, it does normalize it. It does remove that fear. Um, and I, I, I genuinely just think that we need to be able to have conversations where we're not afraid of putting ourselves in the same caliber as a number of men doing exactly the same role. Yeah. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, I think that's a really important point. And like you say, uh, surrounding yourself with those people who do feel comfortable talking about money and bringing it up, you know, it's, it should be a conversation around supporting you more than it should be around um, wanting more money and that being a bad thing, et cetera. Mm. So I think that's a really good point. Um, I really wanted to ask you, oh, sorry, did you have something to say on that? I was just going to say, you need to balance it with reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing. So having a having a check-in with those websites as to, okay, this is my experience. This is what I do. Um, there are always upper ends of a pay scale across industry. You might already be at that upper end. It doesn't mean stop wanting more, but really what does that look like? What do you need to do to take the next step um, that will take you up that mm-hmm. next tier? Yeah, awesome. That's so perfect. And something I I did want to ask you was through your career so far and Mm. speaking to listeners who I guess are trying to work out what it is they want from their their jobs um, and what they want that to look like from a long-term perspective, what would be your best piece of advice for people trying to navigate their career and, and how to move forward? 
it's it's such a hard question because I have the benefit of hindsight <laughs> of a long career. When you're in it, it's not always obvious. People yeah. are going to take different tracks. I'm someone that has jumped a lot. Um, there was a period in my career in freight forwarding where I had seven jobs in seven years um, wow. and I was chasing new opportunities and that was a, a, alongside travel or expertise or the types of people I would be working with and salary and portfolio Um and that was something I wanted to do. I was very specific around the exposure that I wanted in that area. Um, and then I had a period of, you know, five years with a single organization where I learned a lot. And I think don't be worried about where you are right now. Just being able to share that, you know, that's two quite mm. different extremes in my own personal career. Um, you can always change tact. You're not stuck in stone unless you decide not to take action. So. I always advocate for people to stop venting and start planning because mm. you can, you know, I've got amazing friends that I love, but they've been in jobs they've been complaining about for a decade and have literally done nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I've got friends who, you know, and myself, I've, I've like, this is not working. Um, go out, make a change. And I think the fact that I've career pivoted so much as well, you need to be able to find within your scope of not only experience, but passion, where can you take your skills and your value and how wide can you open that funnel? Like, what are you not considering right now that could be part of those opportunities for the future for you? They might not seem obvious right away. But this is someone who spent 14 years in freight forwarding, logistics, and is now working in recruitment through seven other career pivots on the way. So you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And not stuck unless you choose to not plan and not take action. It's, it's up to you. I think that's incredibly comforting to hear and great to hear from someone with the benefit of hindsight because, I mean, that's a journey I'm working through myself yeah. at the moment. And so there is sort of that um stigma almost around like changing and you know you want to feel like you should be sticking to a career for a long period of time but it's really nice to hear that you've um not done that and you've sort of been able to try different things and experience different jobs and still made it to a place where you've been extremely successful so I really appreciate hearing your story and your perspective on that I I think the last thing I would add is that um success isn't always what you think it is going well it's not, not always, it's never what you think <laughs> it's going to be. Um, yeah. Whether that is a certain amount of money or a certain title or a certain business that you work for or a certain mm. collaboration and project that you are involved with. Um, yeah, there, are, there have been some things that have happened through my career where you kind of get the wind completely knocked out of you. You know, that journey wasn't all easy, but God, it's been amazing. And I... I'm so grateful to be able to do that. But I'm also, I'm really happy that I've been brave enough to do that. And I think that's another mm. thing for you, Sarah. I congratulate you on your bravery um, and doing so at such a young age and, you know, really taking your career direction in your own hands. So I wish you all the best. I think that the journey you're on is going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that and take a lot of inspiration about your, um, not only your story, but the content you continue to produce. So thank you so much for being here and joining me. It's so appreciated. Yeah.
I've loved it. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one. 